Pick up your paintbrush. It's time for Hobby Support Group. Good morning, Andy, and hello, listeners. Hello, everyone. Good morning, Tom. And here we are for Hobby Update 15 with the new naming policy we have for these, so they don't have to be <laughs> monthly. Much easier. Um, so today's going to be uh, probably a tiny little bit of a quicker episode because uh, I've got a hard deadline that I've got to get off and do something, but we wanted to get the show recorded. Yeah. So maybe that will stop us going down too many wormholes. We will see. So if, if the recording just cuts out halfway through, you'll know why. It's just um, had to cut one of our tangents off. So uh, what are you drinking, Tom? That's the viewers, the viewers, the listeners all want to know. <laughs> Well, uh, I've got some um, Coke Zero. I'm on a uh, tankard of coffee. Oh, it, lovely. It, it's nine o'clock on a Monday morning. What better way to start the week? Some strong coffee or fizzy beverage. Hobby progress. For me, since we last recorded, to be honest, it's been a rather slow hobby month in the fact that, you know, real life work and everything else has been really busy. But then when there was doing up these show notes i realized i've actually got, got two things finished in that i finished the war games atlantic late war germans which mm-hmm. i've painted up and you know these are my pulling triple duty they're my fry core my late war stream troopers and my Zenith rampant space germans mm-hmm. uh, really nice models really nice to paint uh quite happy with the painting i did with them in the end i managed to go for like a lot of like the the camoed that sort of like I don't actually know the naming of the pattern, but the helmets with the weird like brown and beige camouflage. Yep, camoed hairs, and th- these were also some of the first models I've ever put more like webbing and doodads and gas masks and things on. So I- I'd made them more finicky to paint, especially like the bombers were absolutely festooned with stick grenades and all that sort of stuff and they've well, been there haven't we that you the first time you get a new kit you stick every single bit on there and then you go to paint it and you're like why did they put so many pouches on this guy uh why? i gotta say i i have never like even throughout all my days of like painting 40k stuff never once stuck like a grenade or an extra ammo pouch on someone so these were the first time i've actually sort of gone crazy well tried to make you know space germans as realistic as possible with making sure they've got all the kit on and like the guys who most of them were in gas masks but the guys who aren't in gas masks i've made sure they were carrying like a gas mask canister mm-hmm. so it all make that sort of sense and then in keeping with like the slightly weird theme for these uh, i then painted up a couple of 135 kugel panzers mm. which are technically you know they're ahistoric because they're world war ii not world war one yeah but they're so weird and funny looking they sort of fit in this like yeah weird war one thing i look and being out of scale they also mm-hmm. work well but then to bring it back to historically correct if i want to use them as fry core i also painted up a 148 uh excuse the pronunciation now the garford politov armored car which is like the russian like big armored lorry thing with a little turret on the back uh which looks really cool uh, what rule set do you think you might use if you're going to use play, play this fry core? Uh, for the fry core, I'm going to play. Uh, I want to give a go for a game I've got called Fry Core versus Sparse Assists. Yeah. Um, which uh, 
me and my friend John have both had the copy for about four years for and not got round to it yet. Has it been in quarantine on your shelf for long enough to be played now? And you've got to live there for a good 10 years. It's, it's, it's a PDF one, so it's not it's not yet been printed out. It's just yeah. been on a flash drive. It's been on, it's been on my hard drive for a year, about four or it's five important years. It's important you buy a rule, so you put it on the shelf and just when you're about to play it, a second edition comes out. And then... Yeah, it's got to sort of be, just got to be bedded in. Matured, like yeah. a fine cheese. Um, but no, I think, to be honest, like I, I originally bought this kit because I wanted them, I wanted some of the late war German bits of kit to sprinkle in among my Volkstrom mm-hmm. for my Battle of Berlin. Oh yeah. Yeah, because I, I liked the idea that, you know, granddad or uncles had to go to his footlocker and, you know, they're in bits well, of late war. There's kit. definitely historical records of you know, retired officers going and getting their World War One uniform, putting it on um, and going to fight. But then they sort of, because I'm not currently playing much or any 28 mil World War Two, they sort of sat on the shelf for a little while. And then when Zenith Rampant came out and I was flicking through that book and they were like, Freikorps. I was like, that's a great excuse to get these done. And yeah. all, all I, I haven't got the models for it yet, but if I find one, I would quite like a sort of, basically a weird looking wizard to mm-hmm. sort of lead them. I like the idea that they're a bunch of Freikorps who are basically being led by a legally distinct Alistair Crowley who's been up to mischief and things have gone Ooh. a bit wrong and sort of like zip them for so like weird war but weird war 1919 um kind of thing i think would be fun and that is all of my hobby progress that i've done by it i did also then make a start on getting all my uh 1944 panzer grenadier company based up uh sanded and they're now all primed mm-hmm. and this will be the first proper one-to-one company of anything that I've ever done. Um, it's quite fun. Lots of tiny labels stuck to the bottoms Nothing. of bases. Because otherwise you won't know what anything is. But it's, that's what I do on my six mil stuff at least. Yes, uh, and that's going to be playing mostly uh, All Hell Let Loose. Yeah. But, uh, it's, it, it's, I, I've built it as a company. It is a, a, a completely accurate on paper strength one-to-one Panzer Grenadier company. But for all hell let loose, sort of like each base can represent really whatever I want to do. So at the moment, each squad is three bases. Yeah. But like for all hell let loose, rather than those three bases representing 10, 11 men, they can represent an entire company themselves if I need to. So that's for the future. How about yourself? Well, I was just going to say um, about your free core, um, there seems to be, you know, eddies and um, channels and and you know and popularity wanes and grows at different sort of periods um and there seems to be a sort of a, a resurgence of world war one at the moment people are talking about world war one gaming so maybe you're ahead of the curve tom well i think it's i, I would give alex from storm of steel all the credit it wasn't that... alex it was you it was you tom <laughs> you brought world war one back no i i think there is a lot more interest in world war one and i think that might be possibly a little bit of fatigue with world war ii yeah in that people have you know, i think if world war ii is, is, is a period i really like gaming i haven't played especially sort of like any 28 mil world war ii for a few years now and I, i'm doing some six mil world war ii but i think if you like painting 28 mil or 20 mil or whatever and at some point if you probably reach a point where you go unless i'm doing more and more 
you know, obscure scenarios or forces, you, you kind of you end up almost probably being able to field armies for most fronts. Yeah. So you, you go, actually, I'd like something a bit. I mean, if you're not worried about using Normandy Americans for Pacific Americans, you know. But even then, like once you've got, if if you're an American player, once you've got, like, Western European Americans, you know, Marines, and then maybe you know some Mediterranean Americans, you go well. I'm going to do torch, and then you're sort of a little bit snookered. Mm-hmm. You then go well, well, let's do the Aleutian campaign. <laughs> that kind of thing and then you really are sort of you know casting about for what's your next project going to be so i can see you know actually oh, i might do some doughboys instead yeah i can't really see the appeal for it and yeah i i found since chatting to alex and saying you know i can't really see a great deal of appeal of playing world of one apart from you know battle for the frontiers and then the final campaign and then actually you know work and life taking me quite a lot into you know the western front especially and finding this is really interesting i can really see the appeal of gaming this i'm yeah i'm well up for playing more world war one i i can't start doing world war one i've got too many projects that might be a 2024 project and by then everyone will have moved on to something else well it'll be spartans or something i've got a bef in a german division knocking about so we can play with them at some point when they're painted Mm -hmm. Uh, so, how about your hobby progress? If it's not been World War One related, it, well, no, very much not World War One related. Um, you've probably seen I painted up my Imperial uh, Blood Bowl team. Pop those up yesterday, I think. Um, nice to paint something a bit bright. I went for the. It, <laughs> they're actually painted in my son's football team colours, which is blue and yellow. But I did the feathers um, in different colours to denote different positionals, which help clarify. Uh, which one was which and to be honest i don't really like them I, but i bought i got them dirt cheap off ebay because the the starter set had come out of imperials and black hawks and i never really liked the imperial humans that much but it was i got for like i bought a team for like seven pounds or something because they're also cheap for the sprues and i painted them up and it looked very nice but i mean no game has ever done this before i'm sure but i think i've just painted them up and i'm going to put in the box and probably never use them tom well i think that is I think that's both like a, a positive and a negative of Blood Bowl teams in that I've got several Blood Bowl teams that I've painted up and that I've never played with. And I probably, to be honest, maybe never will play with. Yeah. I either painted them up because I've been gifted them or yet I you know, saw them going for next to nothing or just thought they'd be an interesting t- challenge. And I don't think maybe, you know, if you said, if, if, you, if they cost you less than a tenner, yeah, and you enjoy painting them up. You know, they've got their money's worth, haven't they? I mean, that's exactly how I feel. It's just they are there, and I'm hoping when William's a bit older, we're going to start playing Blood Bowl together because he loves sport. So I'm like, ah, Blood Bowl. So I'll get him involved. Like something I, I've started, like I, I've got a relative who really likes tanks, and so it's a great excuse for me to buy cheap scale model tank kits, which are then just paint up and then here's a gift yeah. and just give them away. It's like, I'm not buying like 50, 60 pound expensive kits, but you go, here's a Tamiya kit on eBay for like a fiver, that'll do. Um, I mean, it, it, I think just, it just, you can just paint his own, just keeps your eye in at painting, doesn't it? You know, it's just, 
Yeah, and especially some with some of those bird ball teams, and like especially that imperial one that you just painted, which has got all the like the feathers and the different fabrics and that sort of stuff on. I, you know, like I haven't painted those, but I I've painted like several of the other new blood bowl teams, and they are really nice to paint because you've got so many yeah. different like, uh, different fabrics, different materials, like doodads and stuff without them being super crazy yeah i so said they're not too fussy i think they're just the right level of fussy yeah you know they might have like two or three gems on not yeah. 47 gems with spinners 17 like... skulls on one sock yeah and then um, yeah. yeah but it was good for i, I think it's, it's the feathers i just I, I just think i don't like the aesthetic but i painted them now so it's fine they're in their box um with the other blood bowl teams and they will i'm sure they'll get played with at some point in the future not by me. Um, tell you what was great fun to paint. My styrofoam buildings that I made. They look great. Thank you very much. Um, it was like it was 1989 again and I had to make some buildings. I just really wanted to just um, just to make them and paint them. I, I was taking apart some old boxes that we were keeping for no reason. In the bottom there was two little styrofoam blocks to go on the end of, well, it was a lava lamp, if you want to um, to hold it in the box. And I went, these look like two little bunkers. I could, I thought, do you know what? That would just be a really fun project. Um, I'll take them across to Ed's. So it's got, because it's good to have just a couple of little buildings to fight around. And you can put them there flat on top so people can stand on top of them. And I was like, yeah, that'd be good. Just to have a little bit of sci-fi scenery. So I'd recommend anyone, you know, the price is right for sure. Cost me, well, nothing. Oh, they look really nice. And I'm going to have to badge you at some point to give me a, tutorial on this oil washing that you seem to be now i didn't use an oil wash on those ones i didn't you no <laughs> that's what so ben was like love the oil wash but didn't oil wash them i just used washes and um the contrast and different things on there i used some of the um oh the games workshop like typhus corrosion or something it's called i can't remember the technical paints but it was that was good no 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 weathering powders and no oil wash there's oil wash on the blood bowl team but there wasn't on the bunkers um yes yeah, so the, the styrofoam buildings um they're really good fun just you know bits of cardboard a few bases stick them on now one thing was i a pva because styrofoam i'm sure everyone knows a styrofoam if you use a rattle can to base them to prime them um the propellant melts styrofoam not great so I put one layer of PVA on, and you should really do two. But I thought one will be fine. Sprayed them. So they've got this really good battle damaged appearance. If it's <laughs> slightly hit missed. with a melter bomb. Yeah, I'd missed a few bits, and they said so they melted. And like, ah. um, but it's fine. It's I think fine. they look really cool as little grim dark bunkers. Yeah. And I think they'd also look really cool as like just concrete defences or blocks or whatever because i think with terrain and especially like with the terrain building group like people are making such awe-inspiring and amazingly detailed terrain but i think when you're moving toy soldiers around and you're playing a game i think sometimes just a bit of theater of the imagination with what you've got and you know I, i've played enough games especially as a kid where so, you know this bean can is like a, a fortress or a holdout that's yeah. where you go and you know I won't bore the listeners with the story of how I once played using a torn up Amazon packaging box as quickly. Right. Five minutes, guys. Let's make scenery using some cardboard. 
And it was a really fun game, actually, in the end. It didn't matter about using cardboard to make little fences and little corners for little buildings. It was good fun. Top tip. Um, other, I, I painted a statue, I painted a phone box, and I also painted a bridge. Um, and yeah, the bridge was, I think we said in the last episode, I went to look at pictures of what Poic Bridge looked like. I tried to make it look the same kind of red brick effect, but uh, yep, um, that's done. I, I eventually just gave up on the bridge. It's not perfect, but I decided it's good enough. Like, it doesn't have to be exactly matching. Now, like, if listeners know of any paint company that does a red brick equivalent paint colour, please let me know because I cannot find like a red brick equivalent paint. They're always either like too terracotta or too brown, not mm-hmm. just like a red Wilbeck brick. Yeah. I mean, the way I did mine was I did, um, I was literally mixing up orange weathering powder to try and get that dry powdery kind of finish, like putting it onto the wet bridge to try and seal in like varnished and then applied it and I mean it's better than it was. It looks a very nice bridge. It's a lovely bridge but you know who doesn't love a bridge? Talking of lovely things, um, cowboys. Yeehaw! Um, Yeah I painted up my cowboys I got a salute. I'm going to be taking those over to Lady Hamilton's gazebo to play Ed uh, What a Cowboy on Tuesday. So we'll have a a little chat about how well that played. Um, I know there's been a lot of stuff out there, but you know me, I do love me some cowboys, Tom. Well, looking forward to playing after you and Ed have worked out how to play it. I could play it against one of you there. <laughs> That's the best way to learn. Of course, let someone else who knows how to play teach you. Yeah. And um, the last thing was, it seems like a, a lifetime ago. So did we talk about my Avery? Was that last episode? Or has it been that long? Uh... I think you may have started on it the last episode. I can't actually remember. I think you'd painted it, but you'd not painted the bundle of sticks on the top. The sticky bundle. Um, Yeah, that's all done now. That's all done. That's all finished up um, and painted now. And that was good fun. You were there when I bought it like a year and a half ago. Well, it's one of the gorgeous trench works ones, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. That's really nice. So that's all done. Now that's in the box waiting for me to paint a British army to go alongside it. So well, um, I think it, it that's one of those tank kits, which is sort of like a, a centerpiece. Uh, they're like display model quality yeah. castings, aren't they? They're, yeah. they're, they're gorgeous models. Oh, it's just so much fun. Like sometimes you're painting, like, why am I painting this? Like you just, just drags and you're like, oh, I hate painting every moment. And sometimes they are just... You just you just get that flow zone. You just and it was just so much fun. And I was weathering it. I weathered it within an inch of its life. That that tank has seen some things. Well, I on did the beaches the, of Normandy. I did the same with the Kugel Panzers, which were like a really nice kit. I, I picked them up from Ammo. I can't remember actually what company specifically made them, but there were like you got two in the box, and I I there weathered to within an inch of their life because I wanted I painted them up. Uh, they're just in like red primer. I wanted them to sort of like look like they've just straight come out of the proving ground and then they've just been rolling around a destroyed city. So they are weathered with sort of like concrete dust to within an inch of their life. Um, 
and they just look really nice. I, I was pleased they managed to get so much of the the dust and the rubble to actually stick to them. Yeah. All falling off. Um, I need to get some tiny bricks. That's what I need to do. Um, some tiny bricks just on the front of the like the tank is driven for a wall and it's picked up. I've got a. Uh, I will lend it you. I've got a little tiny mold, which makes about sixty at a time. And then all you do is you just put like a teaspoon of terracotta casting powder in like a yogurt pot, a little tiny bit of water, mix it up, pour it in, and then like leave it overnight. In the morning, you've got about sixty tiny little bricks. Oh, lovely. Um, the only dodge is you can only buy like terracotta casting powder in like big kilo bags. Ah, so it's like I've got enough. I've got enough casting powder to make about fifty-five thousand. You're gonna find me outside in the street up against old walls, scratching the old walls to get the brick dust off the walls with an old nail. It's weathering powder. It's weathering um, powder. I'll make myself some weathering powder. Yeah. Oh, interesting. I think. I think that's it. I think that's all I've. I mean, that's enough, isn't it? It's really? A, that, that's that, that's not exactly a insignificant. A blood bowl team and um, some buildings, some cowboys, a tank, and some scatter terrain. Yes. I mean, I'll take that all over to Lady Hamilton's gazebo to to play some games with. It's just good to have a good range of little little bits. And the terrain actually came from Mantic, and it was a gift from from Ronnie when we went to see him. It was very nice at um, at Salute and gave me those those bits. So thanks, Ronnie. purchases so moving on now to hobby purchases and i think this might be quite a quick segment because i bought nothing this month well since we last recorded well it seems to be of war with with mine um i got a free copy of kings of war so again thanks ronnie um to celebrate the coronation of our our king charles the third uh mantic were giving away free copies of kings of war and i i said yeah i'll have a free copy send me one so I got the hardback one. I thought a nice, there's the paperback one. I thought, great, a nice paperback one. It'd be lighter to carry around. And to be honest, I thought it was just when it, I thought when it arrived, it'd be like a chapbook or something, like a smaller version, not the full version. I don't know why I thought that, but when it came through, it's the whole rule book in paperback. And it's, it has all the background never It's not any lighter, Tom. <laughs> than the hardback one i'll be honest i think it's... mantic are doing like a really good job at the minute of basically getting their rules out there as cheaply or as free as possible mm-hmm. um because we'll get it when we get to the news you can now play armada for free with all the rules mm-hmm. online um so no, like, no I, 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 yeah it's a great game and me and william played that at salute he really enjoyed it, so I am going to be um, getting some 10 mil guys up, War Master sized guys up to scratch to, so we can start playing that because he enjoyed it and want to play some more. So I was like, right, War Master and 10 well, mil. I think we'll uh, chat about that in the, when we get to the Mantic news because I think there's something in there that uh, I'm quite interested in doing um, as well. So And also, not just Kings of War, Flames of War. Um, I ordered Hit the Beach. We saw it at Salute and William was like, no, no, Dad, it's not worth it. Well, I did a bit of research and I managed to find uh, uh, Magic Madhouse for £30, Flames of War. So that's come through um, the Hit the Beach, Americans versus Germans. We've built all the tanks together. We've undercoated them and we're going to start painting those soon. So look out for pictures of 
You have to guess which one was painted by me and which one was painted by William. And um, I want to say a big thank you to Chris Lane as well, who very kindly sent me some uh, some spare um, American uh, Flames of War guys. So thank you, Chris, for sending those to me. So William can practice painting those. So, you know, start off with 15 mil. It's a bit cruel, isn't it? For a, he's got tiny eyes and tiny hands. He'll be fine painting 15 mil. The eyes have got to be better than mine, right? I don't know, actually. Uh, if I'd, I don't know what would be easier to start with. I wonder if it, it is starting with something slightly smaller so you don't have to worry so much about details. You know, a face is a glorified big blob. Yeah, that's exactly how we're going to do it. I'm going to spray them green. Like dry brush them, you know, olive drab and then pick out the faces and the. Because, you know, Americans love to paint everything olive drab. Uniform hats, guns, they're M1s, they're M1s and of course they're M1s. You just have to decide which, which, which M version of olive drab is it? Is it M1 olive drab? drab. M3 drab? Is it just, <laughs> yeah. What colour is the helmet? Olive drab. What colour is the canteen? Olive drab. drab. Yeah, you just. Are they the same olive drab? Anyway, so Kings of War, Flames of War, that's they're the games I'm hoping to be playing with William very shortly. Um, so, yeah, be fun. Watch this space. Sherman's are already, it's kind of fun. They come in like a, an olive green plastic and I sprayed them black, primed them, and I sprayed them white again to lighten them up because then I sprayed them olive green. <laughs> And I made sure that the the olive ring goes better over the white than the black. And I'm like, I've just I've just done three coats of paint to make them the same colour they were to begin with. Am I mad? Yes, probably. Well, you'll have to tell me how Flames of War plays, see how it goes. Yeah, I'm not, I mean, I've not even played it yet. It was more about getting the models together. Um, and well, and a, a big thanks to Alex, because I actually reached out to him to ask him about um, whether I should base them on, because we played... I am being shot, Mum, from Two Fat Lardies um, at Salute. And that's what he really enjoyed playing that, mostly because he got to kill me a lot. So when I was buying the Flames of War Hit the Beach set, I was thinking these 15 mil would be really good for playing I am being shot, Mum. And I did actually say to ask Alex what his recommendation was. And he was like, well, you can play I am being shot, Mum. He does his chain of command in 15 mil, singly based, but I'm not going to play in chain of command of William. And as I said to him, you know, if I need to buy some more 15 mil guys, it's all right, I can do that. I can probably power through and paint some more toy soldiers if I really have to. You know, that kind of self-sacrifice of buying models and painting them, you know. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I, thanks, Alex. I, I think at some point I might do some chain of command or like I ain't been shot, mum, and maybe give some of those Victrix 12 mil dudes. Yeah. I go at, at some point rather than 15s personally just because you know who doesn't just like doing something in a different scale to what the person they play primarily does first yeah. this is my th third scale i'm painting now for world war ii i've got 28 mil 10 mil and now i've got 15 mil <laughs> i've got 28 10s sixes and some 20s which haven't been painted but they were just gifted to me well i've got some 20 mil guys that were gifted to me as well sat in a in, a, in my pile of shame yeah um, i'm gonna send it to you tom <laughs> well it's it's it, uh, it's it's the airfix eighth army ones which i think are like you know one of those historic kits that yeah. i think everybody has to i think they're probably like one of the pips on your hobby cravat top have you painted yeah. eighth army yet yeah have you painted your airfix eighth army 
foods or have you converted them into something else um, so yeah, well, I that's it yeah i bought oh i bought a uh, a pot of deck tan because martin on seventh son is always saying he dry brushes his models with a little bit of deck tan to get a weather dusty look so i was like well let's give that a go if he says it's good it probably is games we played we've, we've tried about all these to toys that we, we want to paint or maybe buy into playing games have you actually played any games with toys i have played games but none of them actually involving toys I've i have not played with toys to the point that my wife has questioned what i've been up to that's how much <laughs> games i normally like i normally leave the house every wednesday with a pack full of a bag full of toy soldiers and the last few weeks i haven't been to the point my wife is like why are you not taking any toy soldiers out anymore what's going on where are you going what are you up to um the answer is playing cards of tom instead it's the um, key forge super league which has finally oh, started so we have had three rounds of the group stages so far haven't we with one yeah. more round of the group stages to go and it's brilliant it's great for me because i literally turn up at a pub and play cards with Andy, who provides everything. Just provides everything. Even all gives, of the drinks, the first round. There just we go. Gives me, just gives me the deck, <laughs> gives me an orange juice and lemonade, and away we go. Away we go. I mean, absolute animals. Oof. Not even uh, diet lemonade, the full sugar. Um, yeah, it's, oh. really, it's really good fun playing. I mean, I love Keyforge, and I guess that being in the news section about what's going on there. Um, yeah, I really like Keyforge. It's really nice to almost have a break from carrying armies around and just like having to think and make army lists. You just turn up, we play and, and chat. I mean, really the, the best part of gaming for me is always getting together with a friend and having yeah, fun. And it, it's great because like we, we turn up at the pub, we play for like three hours, we get between six and nine games in, yeah. like hands in, and there's no setup. The setup takes about 45 seconds. Yeah. Packing up probably takes equally about 45 seconds. And it's just great when we're both quite busy or, or tired to not be looking in an army across town. It's, you know, I don't even have to bring a bag with me. I can like leave my yeah. stuff at work or whatever. It's it's great. And like what realistically what you're bringing down would fit in your pocket. More or less. I've got my little Greg's um, little I want to call it a bum bag, but it's not. It's on a longer strap, like a wash bag sized. So yeah, it's, it's, I think it's it's important that if you're feeling like you need to have a break from something, just take a break. And that's what we've needed. And it's been really enjoyable to do something different. I am going to be playing with Toy Soldiers on Tuesday with, you know, with Ed. You know, having playing the Keyforge Super League has meant that we've had a break from carrying models. We haven't had to think too hard. I am going to be playing with Ed on Tuesday. I'm taking some toy cowboys across and some scenery. And we're going to have a really good night of shooting each other with, with pistols. You know, what could be more fun? Well, yeah, like, I, I've been playing a lot of Commanding Colours with Ed. I think we've played four games um, so since we last recorded. And, yeah, I, I feel like Commanding Colours is a game that I really, really enjoy. And it very much makes you feel like you've played a Napoleonic War game. Mm. Because although you're moving blocks around, it very much does feel like, oh, yeah, my light cavalry have charged those grenadier guard and being massacred 
the only issue that and me and Ed are going to do a, a review of it at some point and like on a game by game basis, really, really enjoying it. The only problem is because we've now played, I think, in total eight games out of the rule book. There are no scenarios. Every game basically is the equivalent of kill points. Yeah, it's it's the first victory is the first person to kill like five, six, seven units. And every mission is the same. Like the differences in each scenario is the forces available and the terrain, but it always comes down to kill points, which I think as we play more and more games, does make it maybe a little bit more boring. Yeah. Because you sort of realize, right, all I've got to do is kill six troops. All I've got to do is kill six units. I'm just going to try and focus fire on killing six units. Now that becomes incredibly hard to do sometimes in the fact that you might kill four or five, like severely weaken four or five units to maybe get them down to a single stand each. But then you like Ed just then withdraws those to their back line so I can't get to them. And then it, it so it then becomes it, it becomes a lot more tactical. Um, and actually the last game we played that very much came into play in that I, I was sort of like pushing for the victory. I was like up five points to like sort of three for quite a while. I just needed to kill a couple more units. And yet because of how you draw the cards and things, I couldn't activate what I needed to do to try and kill edge units. And because I sort of like overextended myself trying to get those kills, Ed was then able to sort of kill me and it became a very close game in the end and it, mm -hmm. it, it, it was a really cool game i, I think like, i know looking online there are lots of like community based scenarios and things which add extra details to it and I, like, I don't know going through more of the book uh how things progress because i've purposely not looked through the missions until we sort of get to them because it's sort of like you know, napoleonic wars what could happen? Let's have a look through the book as we go. And yeah. I've, I've only got the original core set, but having lots of fun with it. And I also think it's an amazing gaming tool to have to play other games with, with those systems, because it, it truly just like Ed comes around and we, we play it. It very much feels like we're playing a big grand scale Napoleonic <laughs> game with you know 20 minutes set up and about five minutes packing up. And it allows us, like, especially with like the terrain hexes and stuff, you can have completely different maps set up at, at the drop of a hat. And with the coloured blocks and the, the, the 2D terrain and stuff, it has absolutely no detrimental impact, really, on, on actually playing the game itself. Um, so that's well, you could play fun. any game. I mean, they're all just tokens. We've said this before, and you could play any game with just tokens. But I think part of our hobby is we do enjoy painting minis, right? Oh yeah, I, I think it's. I think it's. It's yeah, definitely. And I, I think it, it. It. It very much like highlights to me more and more the different aspects of the hobby of like mm -hmm. how painting toys and painting miniatures and making armies that look beautiful is one aspect of the hobby, but also and playing games with them sometimes, but also playing games with tokens and how a token doesn't have to be a beautiful work of art it yeah. can be something different and actually for regular weekly week in week out gaming something that's closer akin to a token than a work of art is probably more practical and useful um 
And I can think like if I was playing in a Napoleonic game, you know, two or three nights a month, I'd probably be more tempted to have a bag of commanding colours tokened blocks out than a big 28 mil army that I would take out. Because I just, I think some of these really beautiful armies don't necessarily stand up to regular week gaming. in, week out gaming. I think that's why six mil works so well for regular Napoleonics. If you're going to play Napoleonics every week, unless you're the Perrys of like a huge setup, you know, if you've got to go somewhere with a bag for the guys and you want to have a decent sized battle, I think, you know, six yeah. mil is the way forward. But we've said this a lot before on the show. I won't bore yeah. everyone again. No, I think it's, it, I, but I, I, I do think it's, I think more and more coming around to the idea of tokens versus like the visual spectacle. It's something, and also 2D terrain. Yes. I think 2D terrain, I think is, I think from a practical gaming point of view, it works better. Yeah. Having a forest that looks just a flat forest rather than a massive tree canopy just looks better. And it doesn't need a warehouse to store it all for regular gaming. It doesn't look as good in the photos. No, it doesn't look good in the photos, but I think, I don't think every game, yeah, like the best games I've ever played, especially like down the club, are those games where it looks like it's from a rule book or it's going to be in War Games Illustrated. English Civil War game, the huge one we did was fantastic. Yeah. And you, you really got a sense of why there was a fog of war, because we had no idea whose turn it was and what was going on. There was bits where we were just sat there for 15 minutes, no idea. And yeah. find out that people had rolled for it. You rolled for my unit. You know, they had like elite. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah. But I think while that spectacle was amazing, I don't think, like, at least I don't feel like I need that spectacle week in, week out. I do it now and again. It's, you know, I don't always want to go and watch some amazing Oscar winning, amazing movie. Sometimes I want to go and watch The Creature from 20,000 Fathoms instead. Um, yeah, that was true. So moving on from games played, just quickly now to thank our patrons who keep the lights Thanks, on, keep the show on the road. So thank you very much, Warren, Neil, Ben, Dave, Aidan, Ned. Thank you to all of you, because, I mean, there's a cost involved to run this thing. We all know that. Um, and, you know, you keep us you keep us on the airwaves. So thank you very much. Hobby news. And starting off with Ammo Mick. And, you know, I, I always like to start off with something, you know, super sexy from Ammo. Oof. And so today we are starting off with the Quake Crackle Creator range. Check out the crackle on that. Uh, Beautiful. Now, these are a bunch of new texture paints from Ammo, which are basically you know, surprisingly given the name the crackle paints yes. so you paint them on and they give you dried cracked paint effects these can be like you know martian sand mud earth desert tarmac snow whatever you need they're like five uh euros 75 cents so they're not super expensive not super cheap um just a a, a useful thing for people who are painting those kind of bases yeah top tip always make sure to paint a base color over the base on the base before you put the crackle over the top that's uh, so many times it's I've, I've used crackle paint and it's cracked open and you can just see the, the black and you're like ah i don't know how do you 
when you're you're painting minis now like what is your do you like i've started when I, i've based my minis now mm -hmm. like before i prime them yeah i like glue my mini to a base i then put a layer of sand or whatever is going to be like the base level ground cover yeah glue it down then prime the mini yeah and then do like the base ground color cover before yeah. i start painting the mini. i used to do that and that's a really good way to do it is to like just put a bit of sand on before you prime but i don't do that anymore now i use the luke aps basing stuff so i paint it a color and then just use like luke aps uh, gaming scenics yeah basic solution stuff i possibly make an extra step for myself by doing both I like put a layer of like ultra fine sand down, mm -hmm. paint that, and then put the scattered, then put the base ready stuff or whatever, yeah. the flock on the top. Um, like I, I don't really tell very much difference from my old technique of just painting the base, like either like an earth brown or mm -hmm. Soviet green, and then flocking or whatever over the top. Um, yeah. yeah. So then talking about bases, um, a new kit, that ammo has brought out which is it's very similar in effect to sort of like the paint sets but they've brought out a whole range of what are basing kits in the ammo or gaming universe range and color like, me interested tom tell me more like these aren't necessarily well they aren't cheap at all in that <laughs> oh great <laughs> in that well they're 65 euros yeah for a basing kit but what they and they, they have various range ones from sort of you know like nurgly swamps to deserts and all that sort but of stuff. it depends stuff. how much stuff's in there i guess there's a lot in the kit and what you do is sort of like for the desert basing kit get ready for a list oh you get a book slash booklet on actually making desert bases yeah and you then get sort of pigments dry brush paints sh shaders clumps you know like oil brush justers different effects some crackle paint some bits of like cork stone some like flock and some thinner and all sorts so basically you get everything if you've never made a desert base before you get every single thing in this kit that you need to do to do desert bases so yeah. for example if, if you've been painting lots of we go back to the uh, americans in world war ii you've done loads of northern european americans and you decide you want to do the torch landings this kit gives you everything you need to do and you know yeah 65 euros is a lot in one regard but i've easily spent more than that on the, the various shaders components. components and that sort of for you need it and i think having like a booklet or a book which tells you how to use all of the materials yeah. and you've got them all there in one go i think it's really a useful I way of doing so. it you could buy one for an army and go right this might this is what i'm going to use for my army um and then just use that whole whole system just to basically get a, get, i'm going to do my DAC. great okay i can now do all the bases and they'll match and they'll be beautiful this looks like the kind of thing where you actually do the bases separately and then attach the models onto the base once they're painted yeah i, I think that's the professional way of doing it, isn't it i don't it think is. I've, I've hardly ever done that i'm not professional i've no. never done that no I, I I don't either. I think it's it, it is a cool way of doing it. But I think also this way would allow you to do say you're doing Dak and Eighth Army, it would allow you to make sure that your bases fit the same. 
because they're going to be the same but it also would allow you very easily if in the future you add some more stuff to it to make sure your bases match which is something i never able to do because i generally have like a an ever-living tub of flock and i have an ever-living tub of sand which you know the sands for desert stuff the flocks for flock stuff flocky stuff i can never really go back and exactly match what i've done i have to sort of try and make it a rough, a rough approximation so it's always like these are on a slightly different part of the battlefield yeah um, but i just like it's just fine i mean it looks good it looks good i'm interested but i'll have a look and see what other ones they have apart from desert yeah i say like the i think it's called like fetid swamps looks quite I mean, the cool. fetid swamp sounds interesting yeah that's more like uh yeah you want sort of like gooey slimy yeah bases some cruel boys or something on there yeah and then in the standard now what is a model kit from ammo that i quite like that i will give some credit to it's the 148 early production tiger with full interior and like everyone the, loves a tiger this one's got the clear so top hatch and top of the whole plate so if you want to paint all that interior up you can see it Ooh. and this is made by the same company that did the Panther with the crane. Um, mm -hmm. So it will be like a crazily detailed, um, slightly insane kit. Um, and it's not, it's 42 euros. So it's not exactly stupid money for a super detailed 148 kit. Um, I may well in the I'm going to say how does that compare to a GW tank? Oh, yeah. We won't mention that it's half the price i would imagine um for i would think this is like easily this is will be more detailed than a big forge world tank although it's obviously like it's a plastic kit not a lump of resin and they are not easy modeling kits to build like the panther i haven't fully finished um i've got like halfway through it and it is a challenge in that it's one of those where you have to sit down with your tweezers and go right i'm now going to spend the next four hours assembling like the road wheel bogies um if you like that sort of thing which i do great kit um i will probably pick one of these doesn't sound the like it's the kind of thing for me to no these are like if you think rubicon kits are a bit of annoying sometimes don't check these out yeah. if you go are oh, this like i quite like the engine block but it would be better if the if like the pressure gauges were in multiple parts. That would be we, better. We haven't mentioned Hetzer tracks for a while. Oh, no, these are individual tracks. These are yeah. individual track links. If the Hetzer tracks were too much for me. Yeah, no. individual track, individual track <laughs> links and sometimes track pins. <laughs> On the other end of like the, yeah. the, the, the crazy modeling <laughs> scale and something which I saw and instantly thought I'm you can't see this at home, people, those. but I can see on Thomas Green it says small lobster. So this is from any scale models, and they've got out the 176 small lobster boats and creels. And these are £3.25 a piece. Oh, it's and one word, small lobster boat, like a lobster boat, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> it actually came with a genuine, like, tiny model lobster on the back of a boat. Small oh, lobster, yeah. boat, and creels. Like, I'd say now. It's just the lobster <laughs> boat. Um, I saw these and instantly thought, 
I wonder if you could play some sort of like Lobster Wars game. Cold or War. Like, yeah, or like an Eldritch Horror set at sea. I was thinking of Jaws. Like, um, yeah. Yeah, you could do anything. I just thought, I just saw this. It just looks such a fun little boat yeah. to do. And, you know, for £3.25, I just, yeah, I, I, I really like any scale models stuff. And this just looks lots of fun. Well, if you're doing a bit of like a, a board and you just want to throw some extra bits of scenery on, you know. Yeah, but especially as, you know, if, you, if you're doing a board, you know, even if you're doing a 28 mil board, these are fine. It's just a small lobster boat that's a bit further out to sea than yeah. anything else. And then as you just finished your bridges, I, I thought include the 156 stone sided bridge that's been blown up. Oh, that's which, a good idea. I thought this was a great idea because it then sort of like allows you to put a, a broken bridge that can sort of span any size river. I and thought, you can also use it for missions, Tom. If you have a mission to blow up a bridge, yeah, you can blow up the bridge and then swap the other bridge out for the blown up. Well, yeah, because they do both bridges. Um, and I thought this was a, a really cool idea. And I think it would quite easily almost make, I think like the one that is cast has like a metalled road, but I think you could very easily make it to look sort of like almost any period road. And it's not like people have not been striking bridges since antiquity. So I think it, it would yeah. be a, a cool idea. It might be blown up or demolished with a pickaxe. Um, sure, and that's so that's any scale models. Exactly. Moving on to Black Sight Studios. And I think that we don't normally talk about very much uh, on the podcast is solo gaming mm-hmm. and something that uh, black site studios have just brought out is demon ship mm. which is a solo micro tabletop game where you are like a survivor the last remaining crew member on a starship that's sort of caught in an interdimensional portal oh, not with, again with demonic creatures prowling oh. the ship gosh so um we're all doomed we are we are doomed or it could be some you know, legally distinct warp entities. Mm. What together filled up. Well, yeah, whatever you do. Um, now this seems this is like quite cool. It's thirty three pounds. Mm-hmm. So it's it's you know, and you get in there, you get a forty five page rule book. Yeah. Um, you get some, uh, including a PDF of it as well. You get a token sheet, uh, like a resin main character, uh, some demons. Uh, all sorts of bits and pieces, and it, it comes in a sort of like a six-inch square little game box. And I just thought it, it was something quite like interesting. Um, like yeah. I've never done any like solo miniature gaming, but I just thought it was it, it was possibly something that, that's quite interesting and fun. And the minis look quite cool. Yeah. Um, so if you've ever done any solo mini gaming, no, never. I mean, I played Chainsaw Warrior, but that's kind of similar, isn't it? It was really mini gaming. You kind of just turning cards over. And then you uh, did you ever beat it? Do you ever win Chainsaw Warrior? Um, unless you cheated. Cheated. Yeah, I I I, I never beat it unless I cheated. Yeah. Cheated very badly. It's the same as Talisman. I never beat. I never beat. I never finished. Talisman oh, I beat Talisman many times because me and my brother would just keep playing for so long. We got to the point where we were so powerful that it was inevitable. Like hours till we like we just bulked out like loads out loads of strength loads of yeah. So then 
moving on to moving on moving on to bloody miniatures uh and the preview for the latest upcoming releases from there for the release wave six and we start off with the Witchfind general and i think uh in short i think a lot of the following stuff we're going to talk about bloody miniatures is probably going to have to make its way to my home at some point but i'm going to have to paint up the previous release waves before i buy it because I'm not just adding to the, the to be painted pile of ECW stuff because I've got some of the old stuff painted, but these are cracking. I really enjoy. I particularly like quite a lot of this range, uh, like the Witchfinder General. Amazing. Matthew Hopkins and Witch Hunter General. Uh, then there is the Pikeman and Malay. You know, these are some Pikeman getting yeah. stuck in to attack nice. a town. Uh, very nice. Then some continental mercenaries. So if you're playing Pikeman's Lament and you've got a, a foreign leader, uh, some of these chaps again, you know, the dual wielding pistols. Uh, I, I, some of the previous ranges have got the, the dual wielding pistols, and I have managed to source some 28mm scale doves. So I'm going to have a variety of John Woo themed ECW bases. <laughs> Beautiful. Uh, just need to try and find like a, a, a Jean-Claude Van Damme-esque 28 mil head to put on one of them for the, the movie that you never knew you wanted until you saw it. Um, then the Ragged Trained Band. Yeah. Um, you know, for when things have gone wrong for the Tower Hamlet boys, or they've, you know, Basingstoke was not good. It's like Northern Horse to me, having a runaway home to me, Tom. Um, What's the horse? And then also in this range is going to be a set of 12 separate heads in assorted sort of soft hats. Yeah. So you can, you know, if, if you're using, you know, if you want more of, if you're going to have to use a like double up of sculpts, but you can swap the heads out. It's surprising how much difference to a, a force just swapping some heads out on the same sculpts can look and they, they can end up looking totally different. Well, when I'm building classic models that have separate heads, the last part I do is actually put the head on. Just where the head is looking just changes the whole aspect of the model. It's just so, it's just, 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 getting, just tweaking the right place to look. It just gives a lot more dyna, dynamicism. Is that the word I want? Yeah. Makes it more dynamic. And then in Grey For Now games, and I think this is like a, a, an interesting thing that's, that's looking at like changes in the hobby going forward and now growth and our games have sort of said that you know with the release that they put out for the takada's court that you know the price of metal has gone up like so much in the last few years mm -hmm. it's made making cavalry models you know really expensive and problematic and yet there's also like no point reinventing the wheel so yeah. they realize like because war games atlantic have come out with the like generic plastic horses they just and like great for now games have a, a a good relationship with war games atlantic as they make the plastics for their zero 200 hours games yeah they realized they can just make metal riders and use those plastic horses mm -hmm. so they've come up with uh the takada's court which is an expansion uh of or like for their samurai game which is all about basically mounted samurai this expansion but it used by using those war games plastic horses it makes it more affordable and so sounds like a smart move to me yeah so you're looking you know it it just seems like a a, a sensible way 
or having plastic horses and metal riders just as a cool way of adding you know extra options to games without making yeah. them horrendously expensive good and then talking about cavalry and companies wanting me to go broke victrix ah, ah. have released their british household cavalry 1812 to 1815 mm -hmm. um i will be buying these at some point when i get round to painting the 28 mil british napoleonics mm -hmm. that i already own um as long-term listeners will know andy and i both bought 28 mil british armies during the first lockdown i still have mine andy sold his um I saw it to Ed. It didn't go too far. Yeah, yeah. Mine are literally in a box under my bed. Just they will be painted at some point. Well, that's my, just... my Brunswickers. Yeah, they're, they're, I've got the French painted. I've, I, I've no idea where I'm going to paint the British, but it doesn't matter if I don't paint them for the next five years. They're just going to be there. Yeah, they've got models to paint at some point. And then something that I would like, but at the moment I can't see any reason for me buying them, would be the late Roman armoured cavalry. And you know these are you get twelve models in the box in the bag. They're thirty quid, the same as the household cavalry, and you come with twelve horses and twelve riders. Are they and, late because they didn't set their alarm clock, Tom? And for those of us who come to playing historics from, like especially fantasy, you get your officer, your musician, and your standard bearer in the oh. unit. Because I don't know about you, but whenever I'm building any ancient unit i always want my officer my musician and my magic flag got to got to because that's you know that's the rules yeah and probably a champion as well you just yeah. even if it's just a champion in your brain um really like these these are gorgeous models and i i think for my money i've said it many times i think these latest like victrix cavalry sets are really setting the bar for what is possible in affordable plastics yeah and I think 30 quid for 12 dudes today is affordable. It's yeah. they're relatively good value. Um, it's not 1990 anymore. You know, you just have to accept that things aren't going to be 10, 15 quid for a box anymore. You know, you've got to pay 30 quid. That's just the price. Yeah. Now. And, and I, I think like, honestly, I think for the quality of these and other companies, I think there would easily be more than that for six. So I think, yeah. yeah. Please don't put your prices up, Victrix, but they're not expensive in my mind. Then, Cowboy News. Yeah. Here we Great Escape Games have released the like preview images for their plastic wagon that's coming wow. out. Um, I need to buy one of these, won't I? Yep, comes with two head options. Um, these are quite nice. I think these are going to be probably really useful for people who also aren't just playing, you know, old West games, because I can see these not needing very much work for like World War One, World War Two civilian I was wagons. Thinking English Civil War. I mean, it's you can just take the the passengers off and slip in. I don't know. I yep. can't see from here how easy a head swap would be to make them into. I think you'd probably have to change the drivers. Uh, yeah. Like you have to change like the crew and passengers and you definitely have to take off like the hooped back. But I think yeah. it's I think it, even if you've just got 
the horses and like the body of the dray it yeah. gives you something to work with a lot easier and because it's plastic it's going to be relatively easy to like chop and make it up yeah into ever what you you want it to be um so I, i'm hopefully this is going to be a kit that we can all use for of various other bits and pieces of projects and then rounding out cowboy news really this month from knuckle duster miniatures they have released like the the preview images for one of their new apache gunfighters and these are going to be mastered in metal and they're going to be released you know mid-june and what i quite like about knuckle duster minis is that they show the 3d renders but then they actually sell the models themselves in metal so you buy them and again they're they're good figures that are interesting sculpts that are slightly different to most of the people's and they're buyable in metal i, I quite like them and, and they aren't i think they tread that sort of correct line between being sort of cinematic without being pulpy um i think especially sort of these apache figures are, i think are, are quite nice don't know what your thoughts are on that oh well, i'm you know i'm all for more wild west apache cowboys whatever it's all good news then quick update on empress who are still moving ahead with their arnhem kickstarter still not uh quite sure yet exactly when it is being released but they have released some more of the images of the sculpts and you know, shared paul hicks's announcement about what is some more of the airborne sculpts these look really really nice um looking forward to when these come out i'm probably not going to pick them up well i know i'm not going to pick them up especially at the moment simply because i'm, I'm not doing 28 mil world or two at the moment but i can imagine like a, an arnhem themed project is lots it's something that'll probably on lots of people's yeah. wish lists i um, mean i've got i've got an airborne force the warlord one in a box under ready to paint so i'm not going to pick these up quite yet when <laughs> i've got an army of them ready to paint but they look gorgeous but something I am definitely going to pick up is the latest. It's not necessarily a new release, but it's a new way of purchasing units from Bacchus. And these are the big based battalia for. Wow, that's a really, Peter must have. That's a really good idea. Peter's come up with that, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I hoped Peter had, would do this when we spoke a few weeks ago. And it's something I am definitely going to be picking up because I am getting my head around how the battalia worked and one of the really confusing things i have found when reading and trying to get my head around how english civil war battles worked is that you have all the companies and like lots of the training managers have mentioned the companies and then you have the regiments and then you have the battalia and it seems at least in my uninformed reading that once things actually come to a battle companies and regiments more or less no longer exist and it's just the battalion and yet there's hardly any descriptions or drawings on how they work it's all about the companies yeah. and it's like well here's a company of like 150 men or like 72 men but they're in like a battalion of like 3000 so i have no idea how they actually knew what they were doing when they're only ever drilled as companies. <laughs> and they say, well, you've, you've practiced this with like 150 of you 
now welcome to unit of a thousand off you go um good luck yeah so i because I, I i am working on I'm, I'm still doing the maths for my big six mil ecw themed project these are probably well these are going to be the building blocks for what i do i'm probably going to alter them slightly in that i like the idea of doing a couple of his like armies from a specific battle that like truthfully represent the forces and i'm thinking of probably doing it on something like a seven to one troop ratio but i think i will probably buy these and then add or subtract a few figures to make the differences in the sizes of the regiments because i think like how i'm probably going to work it out is something like oh, this regiment had 1100 dudes this regiment had 700 dudes how they sort of represent each other in the battalion i will probably be chatting to peter about this and working it out and definitely mm, with the regiments of the horses how i'm doing that is each of my regiments is going to be in a one-to-one -one troop ratio because i've got the list of forces especially for one of the armies which breaks down how many troops was in each regiment yeah and they sort of like you have some regiments of horse which have four troops the vast majority have sort of seven or eight but you have like a couple with 11 and i think being able to represent them on the tabletop as you know this is a small regiment this is almost like the equivalent of like a double regiment will be something interesting to play around with and is this I, just so you can just have more horses tom no um it, the problem is i don't want to make myself go destitute um okay so it's uh i'm having to sort of like work around with it and go how do you represent like six thousand horses on the table on like how a, can i get just more horse yeah. on the field just, just how does it work um no yeah so we've both talked about these big base battalion before yeah. on the show i think the they're really great and also like so much thanks to peter he's actually put out a couple of pdfs that basically spell out in such a simple way how to base these up historically accurate and how he actually built them on the bases it literally says cut this strip glue this dude here in such like a, a simple language that even i can follow it. can i follow it because yeah yes it's, it's very basically, simple for me this is what you get in the bag cut this model off this strip glue it here away you go so you look at the pictures and you know, if you've ever looked at seen these big battalion bases in the display stands download the pdf that's on the backers website and it tells you how you make that exact thing look like it does um couldn't be easier and these are 16 pounds 70 for the foot and 19 pounds 75 for the horse um that's including VAT. Now you don't get the bases or the flags, and you get when you order them, you have to uh, any when you put the strip in, you have to say, do you want armored or unarmored pikes, and what hats do you want? You know, uh, like do you want Monmouth, Montreux hats or helmets for your dudes? Um, and yeah, where to go wrong with them, really? Uh, so 
check out those if you're interested in I look really good english civil war uh 30 years war and i think there's going to be more coming out for war of the spanish succession and other periods Ooh. in the future well hopefully the great northern war i've been you know thinking about that as well any what's that tom well moving on now to gripping beast and this is something that i, I i've talked about these models before but gripping beast are now manufacturing and distributing the ragnarok miniatures fantasy range um on behalf of colin Patton, and these are the like the Durga, the, the dark dwarves which i backed on kickstarter a few years ago and for my money are the nicest metal models i've ever bought um they all turned up beautifully sculpted beautifully cleaned the fact that like all like the guys with pole weapons have cast open hands and i didn't have to drill or file a single hand to put the weapons in they were that clean um so these are really cool and these are sort of like realistic if that makes sense chaos dwarfs or, or like zombie dwarfs um like black elves whatever you want um they're really cool um fantastic miniatures and it's it's cool that they're slightly easier to get a hold of now then moving on to war games atlantic and uh the sneak peek that they put out a few weeks ago was are those World horses with gas masks tom they are horses in gas masks with spikes on um i'm assuming these are going to be for their like future war riders of a particularly maybe like rough and ready type mm. for a, the dark a, a dark future game um and seeming though there is like some traitor guard that they've brought out as well i'm assuming these are probably going to be part of that um i will say from like this is only a preview image where we just see like basically three quarters of three of the horses they look much would, better than the new rough riders <laughs> um, i would i hope the riders can come off because I, I would love to put some world war one style guys on the back of there i think but given that they are like the world war one style cavalry gas masks and they do do they have that like whole like future war death fields i think it is that they're like the legally distinct imperial guard regiments of old done I, I i imagine these will probably be some sort of cross between like a krieg slash british world war one themed stuff look forward to seeing what they are then probably like the big thing from war games atlantic really is now this is slightly different in that they brought out like a kick uh, like a, a crowdfunding campaign Ooh. for the damned which mm. is definitely legally distinct traitor guard yeah in that these are like future war humans abhumans heavy weapons commanders and stuff that sort of look very much akin to something that would be fighting in the far future yeah. um and they've brought out now you back these at the moment and sort of like as any crowdfunding campaign does you back them and then you get them once they're produced and these start off they're like you back them in deals and you sort of get 
a three box deal for a hundred dollars, a five box deal for a hundred and sixty dollars, yeah, or a ten box deal for three hundred and ten dollars, or if you're being particularly flash, fifteen boxes for four hundred and fifty dollars. And what you do is you get the infantry box gives you twenty four dudes, the brutes gives you twelve dudes, the heavy weapons teams gives you six and the command sprue box gives you 12 dudes yeah so you're thinking that if, if you're probably wanting like a decent army you're probably looking at somewhere between the five and ten boxes yeah i was thinking to, five you get two infantry the brutes the heavy weapons and the command and that's that's all you need i, I would think you'd and, the brutes out i guess and chuck in the uh another box of infantry probably wouldn't hurt if you were yeah not brutishly inclined yeah if you're not an ogrim fan um yeah i i think now these are obviously not going to appeal to everybody like i am an old imperial guard player i think if i was wanting to do traitor guard i would probably very be, and i wasn't bothered about doing gw models or i was playing another sci-fi game i think these are probably like a, a a cool way of looking into it um and i i think definitely for the price you know a brand new guard army for like hundred and sixty dollars is very good not bad at all um yeah. and I, I think with their design aesthetic pretty much like any tanks would sort of really fit in yeah and and would sort of work um and then uh moving on then to pendragon they have released the korean war supplement for blitzkrieg commander the forgotten war and also, there are a whole bunch of new releases coming for the Korean War. Uh, they list some 65 new releases in the coming weeks, including sort of like a wider range of artillery, AT rifles, cavalry and more. And I think this is really cool because I, I did a bolt action career army. Few, uh, I did two bolt action career armies from Pendragon a few years ago in 10 mil. Yeah. Uh, using the Pendragon 10 more stuff. So having some even more stuff released for that. Great news. Good news. Then moving on to Mantic. Ah, yes. And like two big pieces of, of, of news really for Mantic. One is the Mantic Vault, which is uh, like a, a basically a thing of like 3D STL files for like yeah. complete sculpts and upgrade packs where you know, previously, if you wanted to buy like some of the upgrade packs, you'd buy them in like a, a resin blister pack or whatever. Yeah. Now you can buy the STL files, print them and download them at home. Um, I think. I think these model companies selling the STL files of their own products, I think, is becoming a more and more. I think it's a smart. I mean, you can go on to so many sites of STLs on now. You can yeah. just go buy and, you know. Some of them look amazing. And I'm I'm sure they've probably done the maths and just worked out, you know what, more people are going to buy the STL than nick it from yeah. a third party site. We might as well make the money from it. Well, you'd rather get the official one if you, you know, most people yeah. would rather get the official one. And even if you're only getting half the maths, 50% of something is better than 100% of nothing. Yeah. You and I, I suppose if people buy the STL files, it may, and especially if something like an upgrade kit, it might make it more realistic. I'm going to use these better heads on this entire regiment. Yeah. Rather than I can't afford, you know, 
seven resin upgrade kits for these heads, but I'm just going to, I can buy them and print off 150 heads. Yeah. It, it just makes it, um, I think, an interesting, better choice. And also something that I really like that they've done is they've made Armada in the Warhol Wargaming Simulator free. So every, you, you play it in your web browser and pretty much it allows everybody to play Armada for free. And like the rules and the fleet builder are now available for free on the Mantic Companion. So you can sort of like build lists on there, import them into the web browser simulator. And yeah. you can basically then play Armada for nothing before Fantastic. you and you can decide, oh, this is a game I quite like. I'm now going to buy the toys to play it on the tabletop. Or you go, I'm going to try out some ships. I didn't like this ship or that ship worked. See how it goes. And also the, the, they've released the roadmap for Armada. And, you know, over the next few months, it's getting quite a lot of love. So yeah. like I, I don't play. And to be honest, I don't really have any sort of like inclination to play it. But I, I just think it's a cool thing that they're doing. And it, it's Smart a move, I think. More companies should do. Yeah. But then something that I am interested in possibly giving a go at just to sort of like keep my toe in with what the community is doing is the Kings of War ambush. And I know yeah. we've talked about this before, but this is it, it's the what they launched for playing Kings of War at like the end of last year. And it's basically it's smaller scale Kings of War in that the games you play are like a thousand points maximum. You play them on a three by three table with quite a lot of terrain. And the idea is that it allows you to play rank and flank games, but which are really quick. You know, as I said, they're extremely fast, tactical and exciting. And like the box sets for it start at you know, the 35 quid each. And you basically get three units in most of the boxes. And I think I know we you talked about how much fun playing 10 mil Kings of War was yeah. with with the big bases. I am very tempted to make a few big based, like a few of the, the bases just using 10 mil models yeah. for, for playing ambush, because I could play this easily in my living room on a three by three table. Yeah. And just go, right, I'm going to build two ambush armies at 10 mil, but just use the normal sized basing system. So, yeah. like, it should be played in theory. So, it could be played against 28 mil armies, but playing it with the tens, I think that might be a lot of fun. Welcome back, listeners. And in a first, this is a HSG episode that we've had to record over two days because, unfortunately, the rock and roll lifestyles of podcasters meant we both had to go to work yesterday and we've both got to go to work today. So having to record in snippets. So, yeah, I'm... I'm now on Diet Coke rather than Coke Zero, for those who care about drinks. Uh, I don't even have a drink with me because I'm in a bit of a rush. I forgot to make a beverage. And this is um, this is uncaffeinated Tom. You hear Tom's voice start to crack as he goes. Raw and unfiltered. Oh. So, oh. carrying off where we were yesterday, we move into Forge World. Oh. And the Forge Forge World releases this month are various like big heresy tanks, which I'm not mentioning, and the Withergrasp Double Drew, which is the Blood Bowl star player. Yeah, he's you may remember he's a, he's a classic um, 
old um, star player from Blood Bowl. I'm not so sure how I feel about it. I feel like almost like the tentacles are too much for the body. I really don't like this model. Yeah. I think this, to be honest, looks like an all right model that somebody's cut one of the arms off and then green stuffed a load of tentacles onto, which is sort of like out of scale with the rest of the body. Yeah, it's too much, isn't it? I think like it would be a lot better if it was just two of those tentacles rather than the three. Because it just looks silly to me having like the tentacles, which are have more mass than like the torso of the model. Yeah, that's it. That's it. It's like there's more tentacle. Than, he's more tentacle than man now. Yeah. Yes. No, too much. Too not sometimes less is more. And I think this is one of those cases. Yeah. But moving on to GW and uh, I think. This is something I think GW are doing really well at the moment is that sort of like modern interpretations of classic models oh yeah and it's a terminator librarian that looks very much similar to the old metal terminator librarians from donkeys of years ago it's not a primaris captain or sergeant i i quite like this obviously not going to buy it but I, I think this is a, a cool callback with you know, the, the psychic hood with the little bobs on and that sort of yes. stuff. I don't know what your thoughts on it. It's very nice. And they've gone for the old cl the classic uh, Grey Knight Storm Bolt on the back of the wrist. So he's got his hand out so he can do psychic things or high five a friend. Yeah. He's either psychically blasting someone with smite or high fiving. It's hard to tell which. Uh, it's, a, it's an ultramarine, so it could be both at the same time. Yeah. Then moving on also into GW News and something that actually I'm quite disparaging about how many versions of Kill Team come out all the time. Mm -hmm. But this the new Kill Team Ashes of Faith set, which yeah. is 95 quid. So it's it's by no means a cheap set, actually comes with some really cool looking models. If yeah. you just wanted to chuck the bits of cardboard and tokens in the bin yeah. and have some cool gribbly chaotic monsters see i think the chaos stuff is great people are raving about the inquisitorial retinue and i'm like meh could, no, that could easily leave that but the chaos stuff is brilliant i think the chaos stuff. if you're playing a game where a spaceship crew has been through a field that has made them go all melty gribbly um yeah. if your sarah no. michelle geller field has gone down yeah i think these these chaos models are, are really cool and i also like that Again, keeping you, I think maybe with that more recent GW design of they've like got lots of like arms and tentacles and horns and everything, but they all fit within the pretty much the confines of their bases. Yeah. So like oh, yeah. they've got like tentacles and outstretched oh. arms and stuff, they don't overreach their bases by very much. And these look exactly how you imagine someone possessed by chaos would look. Yeah. In, in exactly the way that this is an eighth eightfold possessed space marines for corn that didn't look like they were possessed at all they just looked like they've been down the gym and doing too many roids these guys look exactly how you'd imagine someone possessed by a demon would be these are great yeah i think if if, if you watched 80s or 90s cartoons these are big bad gribblies aren't they I yeah. think they're i'm, nice I'm very tempted by these but just to get a collection of gribblies yeah i i think if if, if you were playing like any sort of like either like sci-fi or like game where you have like even like a, 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 an rpg where you've got 
like demonic entities or even like eldritch horror stuff i think these would be really good um, oh yeah and i i think in in the modern pricing of of models 95 quid for them I mean, with zona, the equatorial stuff is yeah. not bad i mean zona alpha they'd be great for zona alpha oh they'd be amazing um yeah and i think yeah because you've also got a decent selection of them in one campaign one of these big demons is like the big bad mm-hmm. in another one they're just henchmen for something else yeah and then moving on to age of sigmar the new named lizard men so the seraphon the seraphon thank you there andy army box is out um i really like the new old one kit um especially the new lord yeah who doesn't want a giant frog oh wizard lizard? Giant space frog yeah giant space frog wizard i mean that now you're living aren't you that's honest. who can who could not want that um these again i think I think if if you were wanting to just start a new Age of Sigmar army, these army sets are probably not a bad way to start because you get a core of your army, you get the data cards, you get the other card thing, which I don't actually know what they use, but it has two sets of cards in Sigmar. I'm sure they use it. We don't play the game. Uh, Spoilers out there. And you get the cards are for. And you get your codex. Yeah, yeah, that's great. The great place to start. How much is it? It's 130 quid. That's not so bad for GW. For, that's fine. Yeah, as, well, I think if you take it to a game that we do play, something like What a Cowboy. What a Cowboy. By the time you've bought the game, but you've got the rules and the cards. That's the best part. 50 quid. So, yeah, and you can buy a packet of Cowboys for 15 pounds. Yeah. Slightly different. It's a difference, but I'm, I'm just but, saying, you know, number of models. I mean, you do get more models, and one of those is a giant space frog wizard. Yeah. Um, so you know, again, not cheap, but not less. And then I don't know because we don't play Sigma. I don't know how many, much more it's going to cost you to then round out to a, a, a full legal army. Yeah. But I think this is quite cool. And who doesn't like lizard men, really? If you do, I think lizard men are great. I think they're great. If if I was to pick up Age of Sigmar, I might well do Lizard Men just because mm-hmm. giant space frogs. Um, then talking also about models I could possibly use for like a D and D campaign, but or also just quite cool. The new vampires from Warcry, mm-hmm. which are the Askur and True Blades. Yeah. Not a huge fan of some of the he- like the heads specifically on these. Yeah. But I think they're quite cool, like reinterpretations of vampires. And I it's, think, yeah, it's nice to see them just trying different things with the with Warcry, expanding the world a little bit to try different different sort of styles and looks for things. Yeah, and I think if if I was doing like a like a Cthulhu esque or no, maybe like a investigation by gaslight, uh, like RPG campaign or something, I think these would be brilliant for it especially as you've got the like transformed vampire giant bat thing which looks quite a cool kit and then previews also from the last bit of gw news is they've shown off two of the new models for the old world yeah and i don't think you have to be uh particularly steeped in warhammer fantasy lore 
to know which two factions these two chaps are from. Would you like to take a punt there, Andy? Oh, if I had to guess, I'd imagine probably Snotlings and um, Chaos Dwarfs. No, it's Bretonians and Tomb Kings. I like these quite a lot. Um, I like what they've done. What it, they look like they're doing with the Tomb Kings, which are going for more zombie things rather than walking skeletons. Mm-hmm. Um, that looks quite cool. And who doesn't like a Bretonian? I mean, I love. I mean, I've got a War of the Roses army. I'm going to paint up. So I guess I'm just. I could always use that as Bretonians. Yeah. Well, this this is the. Uh, if when the old world comes out. And it, it turns out to be a really cool game and loads of people are playing it. Playing the Empire is not going to be very hard for most of us, is it? <laughs> Just grab my English Civil War, one, get a griffin from somewhere. Yeah. Um, we go. Away you go. Uh, yeah, uh, probably not going to play in the old world when it comes out, but it's it's cool to see what they're doing yeah. with it and good from that. And then talking about um, fantasy battle games of a slightly different scale, uh, Mercer Minis have brought out their new scenario book for called Desolate Fields. Um, this is like a 68-page A4 hardback scenario book. And what I quite like about this is that if you've bought it, the book, you automatically get a PDF of it to download. Well, yes, that's good. Well, you're sort of waiting for it to turn up. Um, I think that that's quite a nice thing. And I think Mercer Minis seem to really be hurtling down the route of going more and more digital yeah. with a lot of their stuff because they brought out they, they have their Patreon now where every month they put up one of their different battle hosts where you I think it's about a tenure a month and it, you get like one of their whole battle hosts that you get to yeah. download. But also now at the my mini factory they have like most of their models which you can buy the specific stls for just for that one model yeah and so like this month's battle host well the maze battle host is the gorgons and i can see why some people like these um i'm not particularly a fan of these specific sculpts because i don't really see the need to make giant snake monsters boobalicious um i does it quite um work with me that sort of design choice really i think you know mm-hmm. giant snakes um are scary enough on their own but um i think that also if you do actually join up to their patreon this month something that you do get which is you know i would imagine sort of like a jaw-dropping model when it's painted up and printed is cadwalla the blessed dragon which is a dragon that's like 340 millimeters tall i i think that'd be great in 10 mil it's a bit big for um normal games i think that's like a once a year that's going to come out and go on your table it's a beautiful model probably nice to paint up as a display piece i can't i can't imagine it being played you really being able to play with it at all ever really unless it is wings transporting you those wings my god yeah but I can imagine it if you've got a house where you've got dragons on display or stuff. I'm sure we've all got a friend who's got a wall of shelf of dragons or something. They can go on there. Um, Is that the new George R. R. Martin book? Shelf of dragons. <laughs> but I think 
like if you're interested in the Mercer Minis stuff, I would like highly check out their my manufacturers stuff because like in the past, I think we've talked about how lots of their stuff would make amazing like D&D characters, NPCs, oh, yeah. player characters and like the STLs for them. Some of them are really cheap. Mm-hmm. It's like individual sort of like figures like two dollars a piece. And like the big monsters are maybe like 10 to 12 dollars a piece like they do a a giant komodo dragon for 10 dollars and like the the full bottle hosts are 40 dollars so if there's some like if you don't feel like back in the patron or that you, you've missed one of the previous patrons like a few weeks ago we talked about the colossus one which yeah. was all um like you think oh i'd really quite like that and you've got a printer i think they're probably a really great way of doing it because i I really like a lot of the Mercy Minis yeah. sculpts and the design stuff. I just can't afford them. But if I had a printer, maybe I could well do it. All, all of a sudden it goes. It's a really good way to get a backlog of minis, a 3D printer, isn't it? Well, it's, it also makes the idea of, oh, I'd quite like, uh, I'm doing a D&D character, but he's a druid, but he's going to try, like, his beast form is going to be like a walrus pirate. Or what's, I think ah. he just makes it yes. a bit more interesting yeah then uh talking not about walrus pirates i think a little bit more realistic from warlord they have continuing the bolt action weapons teams like relaunches now they're in the this new warlord resin yeah. and i think props off to this rather than just redoing the metal sculpts and resin and going look something new it's just a different material. They're actually adding new sculpts to quite a few of them. Really? So, I did not know that. Yeah. So there's the the Soviet weapons team comes with a new sniper team. So it's the, it's the same light mortar and flamethrower, but a new sniper team. And mm-hmm. the Hungarian weapon team comes with a new couple of flamethrower dudes. Lovely. Um, both of these obviously come with the new order dice and the new... Uh, winter soviets i think they're all new sculpts so yeah. i think it, it, i think it's cool to see that they're they're redoing some of the sculpts in in the tank for bolt action there's the plastic stug three there's the crop truck with a pack 36 on the back there's two flatbed trucks with flat guns on one with an armored cab one with hopes and prayers to stop you being struck by a fighter bomber yeah. uh Quite nice kits. If you're liking yeah. these and you're playing them, check them out. Then moving into Victory at Sea, there's some art, uh, some armored merchant cruisers, ships, yeah. The Emden and some Messerschmitt BF 110s, which you sort of need for your warlord, your Victory at Sea stuff. And then in the black powder, 28 mil scale stuff, there the Dutch artillery have got some love. You've got some six pounders, some howitzers, obviously both in foot and horse, because you need them in foot and horse. Of course. And that is hobby update fifteen. Wow. Uh, sure there's a lot out. of stuff there, isn't there? I mean, considering we just had salute, there's a whole lot of new stuff that's come out even since then. There is, and I'm also sure I've probably missed quite a lot of it as well, because this is just what comes across like my hobby radar, and either oh. what I find interesting or what I assume people will. Hopefully we'll be talking about it in a lot more detail. We didn't mention that um, if you're a backer of the Ghost Galaxy Keyforge uh, game found, like the Kickstarter, 
um, the Americans have started to receive their pledges already. I did pledge for a smaller amount and hopefully mine will be coming through soon, which is very exciting. But hopefully we'll have a chance to chat with um, someone about that in the future for you key Forge fans out there. Um, I've certainly been enjoying the Super League. I think with, I think I'm sat here, the Key Forge fan. I think I'm already I'm inside the house. <laughs> <laughs> the call was coming from inside the podcast. Um, you know, I'm I'm very excited about the old world coming back, but mostly because I think that opens another gateway to them bringing about more time. I'm it's probably one of the best games they did. I could see more time coming back. Um, I think definitely. I think it's probably. I think especially if Epic comes back, more time is then. Well, that and Battlefield Gothic mm-hmm. are the only two which are sort of not back, in some yeah. way, aren't they? And yeah, if they bring the old world back, then it specifically makes sense for them to bring more time back. Yeah. But like, I don't really know very much about like, the Age of Sigmar like realm fluff how it works now but i would imagine they could even just cram more time in there you know, it survived well it's it's slightly different isn't it the world um i mean if it, for me it makes sense because then you have you get you have your core games of you know 40k uh age of sigma heresy old world and then you've got skirmish games you've got you know, kill team you've got um war cry and then if you have more di- more time as well Throwing Depths, Titanicus, Necromunda, you know, you've got all these, and they can bring one out every year. Yeah, we could even get every, we could, it might not be completely ludicrous to say in, you know, six years time, we get an official re-release of Warmaster. If yeah. Epic is popular. I mean, we've got Pusher Pikes and all these things. I've... Yeah, I mean, it was, I remember we had Ronnie down in the club. Ronnie Renton from Mantic. I did say to him at the time, I said, I think, you know, we're going to see more small scale skirmish and small scale, I think, are going to be the the things that are going to be big in the future. And I've, I think I've mostly been proven right there. Well, I think definitely, I think, Warlord. I, I think definitely, I, I think across, I think across at least like the sections of the hobby that I follow, I think there are far more people these days play skirmish games or even if they're playing larger games, like larger battled games, they play skirmish size versions of those games. Mm. And I think that there's probably like a lot more you know, things like chain of command or sharp practice being played than like grand scale, you know, like core level gaming. Because it's just, I don't think it's practical for yeah. the vast majority of modern gamers. I, I don't know how I used to carry like four figure cases down to, for a game. I just don't know how I even. And now, if I'm playing six mil, I pick up two little tubs of guys. Yeah, and that's both sides. And I, I think, like, even like mm-hmm. GW, it seems to be like pushing more things. Like, it was just kill team if you wanted a smaller game, but you now have you know you have Necromunda, you have boarding action, you have loads of these games which take maybe only a dozen models. And and Blood Bowl. Great yeah, game. I think when you drop down to smaller scales, it's just well, it's, it's the equivalent of a dozen models. You've just got a dozen bases instead. Yeah, and yeah. It's, I I think it's a, I think we're in a very 
I think we're in a very interesting period for the hobby at the moment, but I think we're also in a period where it's going through like drastic change. And I, I think, you know, every week we seem to be seeing more and more companies are bringing stuff out as STLs mm -hmm. uh, and that sort of thing. And I, I don't think 3D printing is going to revolution, like, like completely transform the hobby so all of a sudden you can't buy models anymore or you've got to well, 3D print them. Home printers and photocopiers for years and we still buy hard copy books. Yeah. You know, people... Yeah, people buy people buy CDs. more vinyl these days than CDs. Yeah. Um, so I think that, but I, I do imagine it's probably going to become harder and harder for companies to just sell niche ranges of models at a medium scale. Yeah. Like, I, I may be completely wrong with this, but I, I imagine, and I think we've seen, like, since the pandemic, with, like, the number of companies that have gone, it seems to be those like the smaller companies which are a bit bigger than a man in a shed which have sort of really struggled and it, it, it's those sort of medium-sized companies which i think are, are probably hurting the most at the moment but we will see what's happen, happening happening if, if ronnie Atmanti could hurry up and launch um kings of war in 10 mil that'd be great I know, I know, I know. He listens to the podcast and he's there writing this down. Oh, put it on my to-do list. Yeah, um, but also I, I'm looking forward to seeing what Pendragon's sci-fi game is when that comes out later in the year. I think that would. I, I think I can see Ten Mil really taking off again, having a proper resurgence. I mean, it's for me. I'm, I'm going a bit of a tangent here. I know it's not like us to do that, but that Ten Mil is just. I think it's like my it's one of my favorite scales i say it's my favorite i think for napoleonics i dropped down to six i think six for napoleonics but for like english civil war and other and like fantasy games 10 mil is just you can do a good paint job on them but they're not so big that you have to take loads of bigger cases i think i would say that six is my favorite scale but it comes with a lot of caveat it comes with the big caveat that they're very delicate in that like i spent a lot of time basing up and fully working out my one-to-one -one panzer grenadier company and then during the basing during the priming stage managed to snap one dude off his base so that one-to-one -one paper strength company has already taken a casualty because yeah he got well if you if, if you break someone off their base in six mil you lay them on their back and they just to, and to put some blood on them yeah he's as a he's, casualty i i think i think he's sort of there's a pair of boots that left now, so I think it sort of took an incoming mortar round to the torso. Um, it's a nice, horrible image to which I will cut out. So, hobby. <laughs> Leave it in, Tom. <laughs> Fine. Oh, so I got I got a base of Prussians. Uh, well, I'd, I'd lost one, and you remember I put a big crater. Yeah. Where the squad, where the part of the regiment should have been, I was like, oh well, they've been hit by cannon or howitzer. I should say, it's taken them out. So, hobby plans for the next few weeks for you, Andy? Uh, got any? Well, I've actually started, well, I'm working on Hit the Beach, the Flames of War starter set with William and with Undercoats and Tanks. I've started, I actually picked up some of the um, epic Pusher Pike guys. And I'm just painting a couple of 
units of those guys um, for a Swedish for 30 years war. But um, I guess getting ready to do more, I've only got a few things left on my overall list, which is Carthaginians, uh, 10 millimeter undead for Warmaster, and War of the Roses, that's three projects that have to be done by the end of the year. So, I mean, maybe Tom, just maybe I might paint those Carthaginians. I think I think it would be good to get them done because I'm sure once you actually get them paint, start getting some paint on them, you'll realise they'll be done before you know it. Oh, I know, I know. It's I'm just scared about doing the paint job because I'm not exactly sure how to paint them because there's so many random little you know mercenary factions and groups within the Carthaginian army that I'm worried about doing it wrong. But I just just need to paint them. They're ancients. You can't really do them wrong. Um, yeah, as long as they're not all in like black leather armour, you'll be fine. I think. They're just... <laughs> Ah, yeah, I'm sure I'll be. I'm sure just avoid using purple as it's expensive, is all that. As what I remember, are they the Roman Emperor? No, then don't use purple, and you'll be fine. Yeah, I think I'm sure you know this, but like my, my general thing of when I'm playing in any like pre modern stuff is just work out a color palette yeah. that's going to be around, and then because especially with ancients, my thought is. People are going to be clothed in fabrics that are going to be made in a certain area. And there's, you know, that tunic or that pair of trousers could well be made from similar fabrics. Yeah. And so it's like, right, you get yellow trousers, you get green trousers. They've got yellow and green dye. You can have a slightly more washed out yellow tunic or a slightly more I washed out. I think you can't go one. wrong with unbleached cotton as well in no. just North Africa. I'm sure there's yeah. unbleached cotton going around. Uh, and then any game, any plan for gaming itself? Well, I'm I'm going to be playing Ed tonight at what a sorry what a tanker what a cowboy. So um, I'll be able to let you know how that works out, and oh. who knows, maybe even get that last game of the initial um, the qualifiers for the Super League. Well, that's uh, group, yeah. Group four. I'm not being overly ambitious in what I want to try and get played in the next few weeks. I want to definitely get round four. The, the final group stage of the Keyforge Super League done as soon as possible, and hopefully another game or two of Commanding Colours, mm. and it would be quite nice to get that finished. And then painting-wise, I just want to crack on and try and get the Panzer Grenadiers either painted or nearly finished. Mm -hmm. I just uh, I want to get those done so I can then get the Americans done and then buy and start on the ECW stuff. Yeah, I, I think, um, you know, we're nearly halfway through the year. By the next time we record, we'll be halfway through the year. I'm not going to have had half of my overall list done. Sounds like you're going to have finished yours nearly. Um, well, yeah, the War of the Roses one's a big project. I mean, it's two, it's two squares on my overall list. There's War of the Roses Cavalry, War of the Roses Infantry. But it's a lot to get done. But yeah, we'll, we will see how we're going. I, I've not got as much done as I wanted this year, but I've been enjoying my hobbying, so it's fine. I'm... Yeah, life. Life. Yeah. So, well, thank you very much, Andy. I hope listeners have enjoyed this first episode ever recorded in two parts, I think. Oh, it's fine. I, I know. It's, it's good. Good that, yeah. we, good that we didn't have to rush it. Yeah. So we, we, we got, even got to enjoy the tangents of... Where we think we're, there's probably a lot more tangents in the second half than yesterday when we were in a, <laughs> a rushing to get through everything. 
people are like, recording yeah. a deadline more often. There's less randomness that just doesn't really go anywhere. <laughs> uh, thanks again to all our Patreons for backing us and supporting us. And um, please join us on the Facebook page so you can um, hear more about us. And Tom, I have to say, I'll go for another tangent while we're trying to sign off. My word, like there's so much stuff on there these days on the Facebook page. I'm actually finding it hard to keep up with things. I was looking the other day and I was like, how did I miss all this stuff on there? Um, so if I didn't like your post, it's probably because there's so much amazing content that I just haven't seen it yet. So apologies, everyone. I love it all. Thank you. Thanks for Andy. And yep, congratulations and your hats off to all of our hobbyists on there and everyone on the terrain group as well. That is also going great guns. And thank you so much, Warren, for keeping an eye on that and being encouraging for everyone. So thank you, listeners, and we'll speak to you all soon. Goodbye. Thanks, everyone. Bye-bye.